What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, B.J. Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the, or another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I am your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. I hope you've had a chance to uh, check out the um, podcast. There are several available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all those. So I uh, appreciate the love and I uh, appreciate your support and uh, keep listening. And um, uh, today I'm sitting down with a gentleman that I've known for a long time, but I haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with him. And uh, I'm going to enjoy this uh, conversation. He is the uh, key account manager with Site One, Mr. Tony Thomas. How you doing, sir? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Man, I appreciate you doing this. It's, I'm it's excited. Gonna be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, uh, we uh, we talked about this the other day, playing golf at Old Hickory, and I, I can't believe it. Well, I've had you on my radar, but I just, you know, Absolutely. I wanted to get you in, uh, get your thoughts, and uh, I'm glad we're getting to sit down and do this. Yeah, me too. Have you had a chance to listen to the podcast? Absolutely. I've listened to probably most of them. I wouldn't yeah. say all of them. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to the ones I haven't gotten a chance yeah. to do yet. So, What do you think the uh, feedback has been so far? I think I'm, it's been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a, you know, it's, I've been doing this since uh, January, mm-hmm. uh, so eight, nine months now, and, and um, I, I never really thought anybody would listen, but now I'm, now, but, you know, it's gotten a lot of momentum, it's got a lot of positivity, I've done some pretty cool things, I've gotten to do the field days, and, yep. you know, and it looks like I may um, be heading to the Tennessee turf grass this year, which may be cool. That'd be really good. So, um, but, uh I think the positive, you know, people are enjoying it and people are enjoying listening to, you know, guys in our industry, you know, right now we're, you know, kind of around the middle Tennessee, Tennessee area, but it's been fun to talk to people. Absolutely. You know, I think podcasts are becoming uh, more popular with people Uh, in the beginning. I thought, you know, people thought, well, I'm not listening to somebody talk, but I think once they give it a chance, it's it's more interesting than listening to one song 25 times over and over and over. So. You know that that's funny because that's why I kind of got started. I the only I started listening to podcasts in, uh, in lieu of music in mm-hmm. in the car, and I was traveling a lot and doing some things. And I said, "Man, we don't have anything in our industry that really I, that's I exactly listen to." Right. And uh, and I had this, and so it was. It took a little bit of time and some courage, really, to uh, to say, "Hey, do it." I mean, you know, and see what what happens. And you know, and I I mapped out sort of a plan and started working and. Being consistent, and here we are, eight nine well, months I, later. So I applaud you for doing that. It's, yeah. somebody, it's been something everybody's needed for well, sure. Well, cool. I mean, I appreciate you listening, and and um, you know, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that enjoy getting uh, out of hearing you speak and well, your I knowledge. I'm, I and hope I'm interesting <laughs> enough to listen to. <laughs> well, you've been you've certainly been around the block a while, and you've, I sure have. And uh, you've known um, uh, you you've been in this area and industry for a long time. A long so, time. Yeah. Well, uh, piggybacking off that, uh, talk about a little bit about your background, um, how you ended up at Site One, and I know it's it's 
been fluid because it's changed. It's it been has. a lot of things, and you probably maybe really haven't even changed jobs. You just no, changed. I've pretty company. much done the same thing yeah. for uh, actually this is my twenty fourth year. Yeah. Um, it's site one now, but I started out with Lesco um, back on the store on wheels. I called it a store on wheels. Yeah. Started out with a big semi truck that we're superintendents would get in the back of the truck and grab a case of fungicide, some defoamer, yeah. or tracker dye, and things like that, and whatever the need needed at that particular golf course. Yeah. And then we went to a smaller truck, and then John Deere Landscapes um, became after that. Um, John Deere bought Lesco and changed it into John Deere Landscapes, and we went to a smaller truck. Mm-hmm. And then um, they felt like the expenses and the – the housing market was going down, you know, they needed to save some, save some expenses. So we went away from the truck and kind of went just to the regular salesperson like everybody else has. But yeah. uh, um, we did that for four or five years under John Deere Landscapes. Right. And then uh, a, a company out of New York, uh, an investment firm, bought John Deere Landscapes. And we had to change the name because we were no longer associated with John Deere. So right. they came up with the name Site One since we have – you know, it's a one-stop kind of place. Sure. Everything that uh, a homeowner, a landscape company, or a superintendent needs, pretty much we have it or we can get it. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works. I want to I talk a lot about that sort of transition, that process, and what Site One kind of does now. But how did you get involved in just starting with Lesco, and what, what made you want to work in the turf industry well, or uh, landscape? Actually, I'll, I'll go back quite a few years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My father owned a couple golf courses. Oh, okay. He was a, a golf uh, PGA professional. Um, Where about? Uh, over in East Tennessee at yeah. Link Hills Country Club okay. back in the 70s. Yeah. Um, him and some friends got an opportunity to buy a golf course in Lebanon, Tennessee. It's no longer a golf course anymore. But What was that one? Hunter's, Hunter, Hunter's, Hunter's Point. Point. Okay. I played Hunter's there in Point. high school. It's where everybody yep. kind of got their beginnings. You yeah, know, sure. It it's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. Man. It's uh, actually uh, becoming a uh, home development. Just like figures. most other golf yeah, courses, figures. You know, but uh, the land's too expensive, especially yep. if it's inside of city limits, and it's just kind of how it goes. But yeah. uh, uh, he and some friends bought that golf course. Uh, I kind of worked there during the summers when I was in high school and younger than that, even and you know weeding and things like that. And uh, they went to college, and I actually went to college for uh, business management. Wanted to you know run some kind of business, but. Uh, um, uh, some things happened at the golf course where they needed a superintendent, and we, uh, my father hired a guy and needed some help, didn't know everything that needed to be done, and I sure didn't at that time. <laughs> so I became the assistant superintendent for a year, and that was kind of when uh, bent grass greens were really becoming popular because at that time we had Bermuda grass greens, uh-huh. 328. Sure. Uh, covered them with hay in the wintertime, had temporary greens with ryegrass on them, and and, uh, burn them off in the spring. Burned them off in the spring. Yep. yep. Fire everywhere. Sure. People thought the place was burning down. But yep. uh, um, yeah, the second year I was there, we started transitioning to bent grass. Uh, we did it very unconventionally. Uh, we didn't rebuild the greens. We didn't tear them up. We didn't do any of that. We uh, sprayed two percent, believe it or not. Okay. And at a high rate, and we seeded the next day. Yeah. And we did six greens one year, six greens the next year, six greens the last year. And from 1986 to 2017, it was bent grass greens. Oh, wow. And I was the one that did that. Um, But being young and stupid and wanting to be on your own, I worked for my father for uh, five years and decided I wanted to do something bigger and better and uh, went to Chattanooga uh, at a golf course. I was down there for 
five years and got an opportunity to do a, a construction project in Kentucky and went there for a year and decided I didn't like that. Wanted to get back to <laughs> Tennessee as fast as I could get it. Yeah. So there was an opening at Lesco on the store and wheels and interviewed for that job and been here ever since. Wow. I mean, the, I guess, things. <laughs> I guess I, well, I guess I never, I never, I mean, like I said in the beginning, we didn't, we hadn't had a chance to really talk about how you got started. And that's, you know, that's pretty interesting that you, uh, your dad was a golf course owner and, uh, I'm, I've had a couple of different guys who, uh, have been in that situation. I'm surprised that's not something that you just wanted to follow along and be a golf course owner. That I, never really I probably would have, uh, if I was more mature at the time, but I yeah. was in my young twenties and, you know, wanted to conquer the world and, do my own thing instead of just following my father's footsteps sure. you know if i was 30 or 35 and more mature i probably would have done that yeah. but uh you know i wanted to go do my own thing you yeah. know i want to do something bigger i wanted to let's do some construction let's change some fairways let's put in a new irrigation yeah. system that type of thing and uh, at that golf course it was a small operation it was a low budget it was somewhere where people could begin to play golf and uh, learn to play golf and yeah. then move on to a better golf course and that was kind of our clientele. It was a fun place to play, yeah. and we knew everybody's name that came in the door. Uh, you know, we didn't – it was a lot of outings, things like that. It was just a fun place to play and a fun atmosphere, and, yeah. that, and I, I appreciated that in my young golfing career. So sure. uh, it was a fun place to learn. Yeah. Then did he own it until it was sold? Yes. He actually sold it in, I want to say, 95. Okay. Uh, so 78 to 95, he owned it. He also owned a golf course up in Dixon Springs um, in near Carthage. Uh -huh. uh, he owned that nine-hole golf course for probably five years, and it wasn't making money, so they sold that one. Um, what was the name of that one? Uh, Dixon Springs oh, okay. Golf Course. Um, it was yeah. in the Carthage area. Sure. Um, but I think in just up until recently in 2017, it was still in operation. Yeah. It was a little nine-hole golf course. Yeah. Yeah. So you never wanted to be a golf course superintendent? I, I was for yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, for outside of that. Yeah. Uh, no, before that, I yeah. did not. I didn't yeah. have that aspirations. It yeah. was just, you know, hey, Dad needs some help, and I'm yeah. going to go help him. And, and then the superintendent that was there uh, had an accident where he blew his knee out and couldn't work for like four months. So right. I thought, well, I can do this. Okay. And I asked a lot of questions from <laughs> neighboring superintendents, uh, guys at Lebanon Country Club and Old Fort, Joel Beckham, I leaned on him early in my career. Hey, how do you spray this? Why do you spray that? Okay. And uh, I kind of learned on the job, yeah. you know, learning how to fix equipment and welding and uh, fixing irrigation, all that kind of stuff. I asked questions. When yep. it happened, I called somebody. Yeah, well, that's the way you learn. Yeah. For uh, sure. And that's why I try to help people now is, yeah. you know, young guys or uh, guys just getting in the industry, I say, hey, I learned the same thing you learned. Uh, I fixed everything that you fixed. I know what you're going through. So yeah. I think a lot of guys trust me that way. Well, I think that's important. I, I I would love to explore that because there's a lot of times where guys, especially on our side, the superintendent side, where the salesmen are kind of hard to get to know and trust because mm -hmm. we're not sure their background. We're not sure the things they've been through and what their knowledge level is. They're just out here trying to sell me something that, you know, we're, you know, we feel like, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure what the motive is here. And, and I think it's interesting and it certainly gives me a little bit bigger perspective on how you, where you come from about, Hey, I've been down that road. I've seen the things that you're dealing with and here's the things that can help you regardless of whether I sell it or not. I want to try to help you first. And I think that that's always a good feeling to have it from a, coming from a superintendent to a salesperson, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think that 
the atmosphere of a salesman is, you know, he's trying to sell you something today, make some money. And yeah. uh, I've tried not to do that. I've sure. tried to be more of a person that will help somebody, yeah. uh, steer them in a different direction. Hey, this is not working. Have you tried this? Yeah. Um, I've used this before. It works really well. Yeah. Uh, and kind of steer people that way. Yeah. What do you try to encourage guys that may be seeking out some help? Or what are some of the things that you like to tell guys that, um, you know, that may be new in the industry or just searching for answers? What Have you have you had a lot of instances where that's happened? I have. Uh, there's been a lot of young guys getting in our area yeah. lately where for 20 years there was very little turnover in Nashville. Yeah. There's very few job openings. But in the last, I would say, six, seven years, there's been some changeover, some young guys, some new guys from out of the area, that yeah. type of thing. Uh, I've tried to tell them to uh, join the camaraderie ship of the superintendent's association yeah. and try to, you know, call your neighbor. Hey, that guy is going through the same thing you're doing. Yeah. Uh, he may have an answer that you haven't thought of. Uh, it was important to me when I was young, you know, answering the questions, getting to know people. And I think that's uh, a, a vital thing of this job is people need to lean on other people. Yeah. I, I, I have always said, it's, you know, surround yourself with people that are, you know, gun, that are going to help you, that you can learn from. And in our industry, it seems to be a common theme. And, and I know you've listened to several of the podcasts, but mm -hmm. a lot of the guys are really pulling for everybody else. Whether, Absolutely. What, no matter what they're doing, it could be landscaping, sports turf, or whatever. We're not really in the, in, in the you know, business of wanting to see people fail. Right. And we'll do whatever we can. I mean, it, you know, it happens from time to time that guys, you know, for whatever reason fail or they don't work out or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, we want to make sure that people are, you know, getting the information, getting help if they need it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that was another big reason why I started this podcast. It's like, man, just, you know, some guy who doesn't know Tony Thomas may now listen to this and say, I, I feel like I can reach out to him. Or if he comes around, I got a different perspective about um, what he's doing, what he's talking about. And, and, you know, may open some people's eyes and some doors to you. So I hope so. I appreciate the yeah. opportunity for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how why I'm here. I wanted to make sure people maybe knew my story or didn't yeah. know my story, and maybe it will help me, maybe it'll help them, or maybe I can steer them in a direction that somebody will help. Yeah. So um, your life as a salesman, how, have you enjoyed it outside of the superintendent side? So you've been on both sides. What I have. Uh, I've enjoyed it, especially the last month where it's 96 and you got <laughs> bent grass. Because <laughs> those days were not fun, yeah. but uh, – uh, it's a lot of hard hours. Um, I would say there's, uh, uh, it's rewarding to be able to help somebody. Sure. Um, you can steer them in the right direction of a, you know, a fertilizer or a fungicide, and you can call them and say, hey, mm -hmm. how'd that work for you? And, oh, it worked great. We, our green simper now looked better. Uh, the program you've got us on is working very well. Um, that's rewarding to me. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure there's some other salespeople out there that's the same way. Oh, sure. Um, so, I feel like I'm still in the golf game, even though I'm not making yeah. those daily decisions. Yeah. Now your um, your position with Site One, are you just specifically agronomics with turf and golf courses, or do you? Because I know we've talked about hardscapes and oh, landscaping. Yeah. So do you talk a little kinda, bit about what you do? I can kind of dwell on most everything that we sell as far as uh, Site One is concerned. Yeah. Uh, my specialty is agronomics because that's kind of where I've always been. Mm -hmm. But being with Site One, we have a lot of uh, different products that people aren't aware that probably we sell. We sell mulch and flowers and trees and hardscapes, yep. uh, um, irrigation, uh, drainage, uh, all types of different agronomic products, fertilizer, different kinds of fertilizer technology, yep. 
Um, our company's coming out with several new things. Uh, wedding agents, uh, we deal with most of all the major manufacturers, BASF, FMC, Bayer, Syngenta, yeah. um, all those big companies, we deal with them, but we also deal with some with smaller guys. So. Yeah. So, uh, but I can steer people in the right direction when they tell me, hey, we have this project, for instance, you, you know, I got all this Bellguard stuff I need. I mm -hmm. can put you in the um, hands of somebody that's more capable of probably yeah. talking about it, but I can at least uh, ballpark it. I can say, yes, we have that available. I can get you in touch with somebody that knows yeah. more about it. Man, Zach's been great, by the way. Well, good, good, good. Yeah, he's a uh, hardscape guy. Has been, he's been good. Good. Uh, Mitch has been, that. too. Yeah. He steered me in the direction of a couple of different guys, but... They've, they've all been we've got two or three excellent people yeah. at our company uh, i think chris ownby at 104 or, or nashville i should say uh is really good i think mitch is really good i think zach is becoming very very good yep. he's pretty young with yep. our company but he's gonna be a good one for sure yep. how um so what is your area i mean what do you cover as uh, far as i used to cover a really really too big of a territory i used to go all the way to evansville indiana covered all of western kentucky southern indiana Northern Alabama, Western Tennessee, all the way to Jackson, Whew. Savannah uh, at one time. And then territories kind of move over time. Yeah. Uh, new area managers or they just realign things. Um, so I don't really go up into northern, western Kentucky anymore. I go as far as Bowling Green. Uh -huh. I don't go to Owensboro or anything like that. But I go from Bowling Green to probably Winchester, uh, just south of Nashville. Mm -hmm. And then east and west, I probably go from Smithville till uh, to Dixon, right. east and west. So the other site now, site one for people that may not know that they're, they're a pretty large company. We are nationwide. Yeah. We're becoming busy, uh, very big, very big. Yeah. Um, we acquire a lot of companies over time. Where yeah. we feel like we have a hole in a particular area, you know, Texas or California or somewhere like that, and they'll they'll acquire a company to make sure our customer base has that need taken care of. Sure. Yeah. So do they have uh, individuals that are your similar role in, in the other, I'm assuming they have in the Most other, everywhere yeah. in the country we have, you know, an agronomic specialist, an yeah. irrigation specialist, a hardscape specialist. Yeah. Um, most everywhere in the country we have that. Yeah. Atlanta, Birmingham, here, uh, East Tennessee, yeah. Knoxville. Uh, Jim McDonald's very good. We have Memphis is very good. Mike Thomas over there is very good. Um, so, yeah, most everywhere in the country we have a, a full line of specialists. And are you the only one for this particular area? Uh, as, far as, as far as outside sales, yeah. yeah, I'm probably the only one here, but we have some guys inside each branch so they can answer some questions. Sure. Chris Ownby at our Nashville branch has been here for probably 15 years. Yeah. He's very, very good, very well respected with all the lawn care companies in town. Yeah. Uh, I deal with some major accounts as far as lawn care as as well as golf. Sure. Uh, probably don't call on as many golf courses as I used to because I'm calling on lawn care. Um, just because they need answers, they need help, they need uh, some guidance. But, yeah. uh, plus, that's where the cells are, and that's what moves the needle. So, Yeah. So, you know, I get a, not just people listening in our area, but all over. And like mm -hmm. you said, Site 1 is all over. Is there, um, for guys who are listening in other parts, of, you know, uh, maybe even Arizona or, uh, you know, up north or wherever, um, are do you? I mean, I'd like to encourage those guys to maybe reach out to Site Absolutely. One and, and 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 consider them for you know maybe a a, a source for their uh, agronomic needs or landscaping or whatever. I mean that, and 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 do you get involved with like 
in a, on a yearly basis you might do something nationally with the company or whatever? We do. We have uh, pretty much a, a regional meeting we have in December. Yeah. Uh, it's in Florida this year. Yeah. Um, we move it around occasionally, but yeah. uh, it's been in Florida the last couple of years where uh, everybody in the Carolinas that works for our company, the the area managers, the vice presidents, the branch managers, the outside salespeople, be irrigation or agronomics or whatever have be. Yeah. Um, those guys will come down to Florida. We'll talk about new products. We'll talk about opportunities coming up in the, in the next year. And yeah. we have kind of a national sales meeting then. Um, and I think from Texas to Carolina um, is all in one kind of big group. And then yeah. everybody up north and uh, Ohio, Kentucky, and all that sort of thing have another one up north. Yeah. Yeah. It's a massive operation. It's a massive, <laughs> massive com- uh, company. I, I'm very lucky to be yeah. involved in it. Yeah, uh, We're growing really, really quickly f- compared to where we were, John Deere Landscapes. Yeah. And it, it, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. I, I, they probably won't know this or hear this, but I mean, when I, you know, when I lost my job at Brentwood, I, I looked at other opportunities and I probably applied a couple of different times mm-hmm. at site one at different opportunities. And, you know, just for whatever reason, um, didn't work out but uh, you know i i, I recognize it as a pretty good opportunity to be involved with a really big company absolutely and you know and um so anyways i, I mentioned that just to say I, I i know the company's big i know it's been around and um you know and uh, I've, I've certainly enjoyed my you know dealings with them and and especially in here in middle tennessee well, i hope good. so i appreciate that yeah I'd like to go back to the truck thing for a little bit because sure. that that was the, that was where we probably probably first met and and how interesting was that as far as driving around to each individual course I know I'm I'm pretty fairly certain that you called us when we when you would show up so you would we you would should just pull in and yeah you know. I would I was on a very strict schedule yeah uh, you know when you were at the golf club at Tennessee yeah. Uh, you know, I knew I was there on Tuesday morning yeah. uh, because I was headed to Jackson at that time. And, you know, coming out of town from Nashville, yeah. you know, Kingston Springs was a stop. And then I'd go from Dixon and I'd go to Jackson and, and I'd see some guys until I couldn't see anybody anymore. And then the next morning I'd spend the night in Jackson and go Jackson and Savannah and, and um, Somer, all that area, yeah. and then head back to Nashville the next day. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, pretty much guys knew, you know, at the Golf Club of Tennessee, I was there on Tuesday morning between 9 and 9.30, roughly. And, you know, depending on whether I was slowed down by traffic or a visit at a golf course or something and pull up, we'd have, you know, a little brief conversation. What's going on? Hey, we got cutworms. Well, here's two or three things you can use. And, man, we had a spray tip break. Uh, Here's a nozzle body. And, you know, I got to have a measuring pitcher and, you know, that type of thing. And then. Once we left, I'd say, hey, do you need anything next time? You and me have it on the truck. And that's kind of how the, that all started. And that, yeah. that was basically the idea was you didn't have to um, s- uh, store things at your at your golf course. Yeah. We would have it on the truck. We would be your storage facility. Yeah. And you knew I was going to be there every two weeks or three weeks, whatever the case might have been at that particular golf course. And you knew I, I would have it on the truck and ready for you the next yeah. time. I got two questions on that. One sure. is, is why do you think that it – why do you think it's kind of not in operation anymore like that? I think we talked about there's maybe one. There's, I think there's two, two still in the company. Two. There's one in Pinehurst, North Carolina. I okay. think there's one in Naples, Florida. Okay. So, why did, one, why did it not um, sort of take off? Or, because that seems like a very novel idea. And, two, um, what, what have, how would, would you be able to, like, restock or along the way your routes or anything mm-hmm. as um, far as? Yeah, the, uh, you know, we, when we were let's go at that time, 
Uh, we had a, a Let's Go store in Nashville, and okay. I would stock things out of there. Okay. Um, I had a stocking assortment, and once I sold it, uh, we got shipped those things back so I could restock it, and I would pretty it would show up on Friday. I would stock it on Monday, uh-huh. and I would just go around and around and around. Yeah. Um, if I needed something extra like uh, greens fertilizer or fairway fertilizer, I would order mm-hmm. it ahead of time. It usually would show up in a week, yeah. and I would deliver it to the customer. Um, going back to your first question is, do I think it'd be viable now? I think it would be viable now, but the expense was really, really astronomical. Yeah. Uh, you know, the cost of the truck, the cost of the insurance, the fuel, because that thing got like eight miles a gallon. <laughs> I could only imagine. <laughs> it might have got less of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, and we're not talking, for people who don't know, we're not talking about a pickup truck. No. This was like a This is a 53-foot semi. Box truck type yes, deal. Yes, it was a semi. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like a version of a, a large Coke, Coke truck. Got to remember like that, that there's still, there's young people in this industry now. Absolutely. So they yeah, they're like, I what are these guys that. talking about? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah. it was a big seven-speed um, yeah. semi truck. I had to go get a CDL license, yeah. um, you know, which was kind of different. Uh, I actually still have my certification, just there kept it up. But sure. uh, never know what's coming down the you pipe. You never so. know. You might be driving somebody's trees. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've done that a couple yeah. of times. You know, guys needed something at the branch, and, hey, I can drive the truck. Yeah. Let me drive in there. So, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it was uh, it was expensive. I think kind of that's why John Deere kind of went away from it. Yeah. Um, because of the expense, they thought, well, we go to a smaller truck that gets 11 miles a gallon. Hey, we save all that money in fuel. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the first idea. And then it was like, well, we got four trucks in Atlanta. Do we need four trucks? Well, maybe we only need one truck. And then they started downsizing. And sure. then the housing market collapsed, and golf courses weren't spending any morning money because some of them are closing. And yeah. and I think they planned ahead that, you know, hey, we need to cut costs somewhere else because we don't know what's going to happen in the market. Yeah. So they just did away with the trucks yeah. and uh, kind of did it that way. So is the only reason why the two that are in existence because they're just so popular? The, it's very popular in that area yeah. and the number of golf courses in that area. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It just makes sense. Yes. I mean, the business side. Yeah. What's the disruptor in all this business then? Because I, and what I mean by that is like, you know, with the, with the Amazons and all, you know, the different, you know, internet availabilities of things I, I see, and I feel like it's not really hit our industry all that much yet, but like a superintendent or a sports turf guy, landscape, just being able to go on their phone and pick, you know, order mm-hmm. something and it show up within 30 minutes or an hour. Right. I mean, is that, you see that as being something that maybe site one's looking at or that other? Actually, we are. Yeah. Uh, actually, just this year, we started a uh, uh, com. Uh, kind of started that way, yep. but it's now site1.com. You can go there. There's an app you can get on your phone. So if there's things that you, a customer needs readily, yep. uh, they can get on their phone, um, plug it in that, you know, I want a case of tracker, some uh, fittings for irrigation, and uh, it'll print an order at our at our branch, yeah. whichever the closest one it is, you know, if it's somewhere reasonably close, um, and they can pick it up that day or the next day, um, and it, it's kind of the same thing. Or we can, you know, UPS it or have it delivered to that customer. Yeah. But uh, that is coming to us. It's very, very new. Uh, I don't think Amazon and those type of places have really hurt us that very much because I think guys like the expert opinion sure. or or the advice, yep. you know, am, is this the right product for me? 
Um, and that's kind of where I come in. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one caveat to the whole buying it on the internet thing is is that there's still that level of um, professionalism between the salesperson and the and then the end user because you want to talk to somebody about it or yeah. you want to discuss it. And I've I've kind of thought that maybe maybe that you become more of a technical expert and you just visit people and you're not really selling them, you're just supporting right. the stuff you're selling them and then you're kind of a consultant in a, in a way as opposed yep. to a salesperson uh, because you would still be getting the sales for all the online and internet stuff. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's something coming. There's going to be a shift. There's somebody that's probably way smarter than me figuring it out, but it sounds like you know Site One's got it in there you know, at least in the back of their mind. Absolutely. We got it on the radar for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to, I mean, it's the day and age of people, you know, people's time is precious. Absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, the way, the the way everything, everybody's doing business. And then with younger and younger people, they, they're just not going to want to talk to people. They want to pick up the phone. I mean, uh, pick up their phone, dial something up on their app and it show up. Well, know? actually, that's kind of the idea where the, the truck was because the truck was kind of, you know, the order place for golf course superintendents when I was on the truck. Yeah. But now with uh, the younger superintendent, the phone is the truck. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea and that's kind of why they're not, you know, statewide or worldwide anymore is yeah. because they feel like the younger superintendent wants to do everything on his phone yeah. and uh, therefore he'll get on an app, he'll order this and the area salesman will bring it to them or have it delivered or they can pick it up at one of our local branches. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's the, it's just bound to happen eventually. And like you said, you know, we've got, you know, you know, the, as the older guys kind of move out and the younger guys come in and technology takes over, I mean, you're seeing it across the board in our entire industry. It doesn't oh, matter what you're doing, irrigation absolutely. or whatever. For my case, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not trying to talk you out of a job, but I'm just telling you that I, if you're not thinking about it, then oh, you, absolutely. you know. Yeah, you got to change with the times. Yeah. I mean, our industry's changed a lot. In I mean, it's a lot cheaper years. to ship it than it is to drive it to somewhere. Absolutely, you know, so absolutely. At least I think it would be. I don't know. But so um, what what um, – do you, do you work a lot with sports turfs or landscapes or I mean I would say a little bit yeah. not not a lot um, it's not something um, we dwell on it in certain markets yeah. but here uh, we feel like that maybe uh, some of the competitors or some of the customers we already have are are taking care of that business yeah um, Lynn Ray at golf management group does a very very good job in sports fields yeah um, whereas if you go to um, a certain high school or a grade school or something that has a sports field, yeah. uh, there's that's always changing. It's sure. a, you know, it's a new parent, it's a new uh, athletic association president or whatever, and those yeah. people trying to track those people down, it's a little difficult. Yeah. Um, whereas in in Lynn's case, Golf Management Group, they're uh, you know they're taking care of Vanderbilt and TSU and uh, Pope John Paul, the you know the yeah. bigger, bigger clients. So. Yeah. Uh, we try to help those guys where they're helping the the sports yeah. people. So, I mean, this you know, I ask that because a lot of times I get I, I'm real I'm real heavy on the golf. We talk a lot about golf, and this Absolutely. we talk a lot, I and mean, we can still talk golf. I don't I don't have a problem with that, but I want to I want guys, especially in your position, that have dealt with all types. You know, landscape the landscape crews out there that are busting it doing you know installs or the irrigation crews and. And because Site One is, you know, uh, a supplier to all those industries, you know, that 
I want to, I want people to, that are in those industries to realize that you can help them and, and that site one can be a source for that too. Cause I, I, I personally have, since I've been out, I've kind of done a lot of different stuff. I'm, oh. I do just about anything is you know, when our company. And so, um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate that they've been pretty much the one place that I go to, cool. uh, for, for a lot of things. I mean, I've, you know, been around different places, but, uh, when you when you have everything that you need right there, it's just convenient. yeah. Or or we have it, you know, sitting in a different location. We can have it usually in a day. Yeah. Uh, be it Birmingham or Memphis or Knoxville or whatever. You know, if we don't have it locally, we sure yeah. have it within you know a day's driving yeah. distance for sure. Yeah. Uh, just because maybe that market's different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I deal with a lot of uh, sports fields. Uh, I, I deal with Mount Juliet because yeah. I live there a lot. There's some sports fields there that we've pretty much turned around in two or three years. They were. I don't know, sixty percent weeds two years ago. Now yeah. they're ninety nine percent weed free. Yeah, uh, we we can sell them bases and chalk and uh, turfus, all that kind of stuff that sure. sports fields needs. Um, we sell I sell a lot of stuff to the city of Murfreesboro for their sports fields, the soccer complexes, ryegrass and paint and you know all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and we can supply sports fields, golf, lawn care, hardscapes. You know trees and bushes and things every every lawn care or install person needs so that's yeah. kind of way that it works do you have to check in with the the branches from time to time or do you just you know do that on your own or how uh, does that I, work i kind of do it on my own because what do we got eight or so around here that actually we got four here in nashville four? we got um, nashville franklin murfreesboro and gallatin okay um and if one branch doesn't have it just because of storage uh space we'll have it in another branch yep uh, we tend to have more agronomic products at our Nashville branch because that's kind of how it's deemed as an is an agronomic and irrigation store, and we uh -huh. call it a bold store. Uh, where the other three branches in Franklin, Murfreesboro, and Gallatin, we call them a green store. They're more uh, landscape oriented. Right. They, we have a lot of agronomic stuff there, but maybe not golf specific. Yeah. Um, they'll have Roundup and Three Way and things like that that you know a homeowner or a lawn care company would have, but yeah. more golf centric things like uh ban all or segway or something like that we'll have it at our nashville branch yeah but uh yeah we can get it almost anything that anybody wants that's for sure yeah so you don't um do y'all have y'all have um a specific like uh what's the word um you know site one carry your own branded stuff we do um with back when we were let's go yeah. uh john deere landscapes purchased let's go they kept the name because they felt like the name had merit in the industry it was the second or third most recognized name in the uh -huh. lawn care industry or turf yeah. industry yep. and um site one has kind of recognized that and they're trying to maybe rebrand that mm -hmm. so to say that th they think it's important people recognize let's go they understand let's go uh and they're trying to you know get that name as big as it was you know 15 years ago yeah and i think it's important we got a lot of Less, we still sell Lesco fertilizer. We sell Lesco fungicides. Most of our um, herbicides, if they're not name specific for a particular company like uh, FMC or somebody, it's a Lesco product. Yeah. And we have a lot of what we call them private label products, and and they'll have Lesco on them. So Lesco is pretty big still. Oh yeah, it's yeah. really really big. Yeah. Well, um, so what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I never thought about it. Uh, I I probably would have a, a some type of consulting company in turf, yeah. or I might be doing landscaping or something. But I miss being a superintendent. Yeah. Um, I, I always like even at a young age when I was ten or eleven or twelve, I I would mow the neighbor's yard for free because I liked how it looked. Yeah. 
Uh, it's kind of how I got my love of turf. Yeah. Was at a young age, uh, you know, mowing yards, um, helping out the golf course for dad. Uh, you know, syringing greens. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you know, at twelve years old, I just you know you put the hose out there and you water it. Yeah. But, but uh, I I learned a lot when I had to learn a lot. I asked a lot of questions when I need to ask questions. Uh, uh, it was basically learn on the fly and hard knocks, I yeah. guess. But uh, uh, I think I've done a pretty good job. Yeah. I've helped a lot of people. Uh, I feel like I've been pretty successful. Sure, somebody that's kind of jumped in the middle of it sure. with, without any formal training. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to ask you because I don't know if we touched on it, but it didn't sound you didn't say that you went to school for it at all. I didn't originally. Yeah. Uh, I went to UT Knoxville, uh, mm -hmm. basically business management. But uh, once I became an assistant superintendent, I felt like I needed some knowledge, so mm -hmm. I took some classes at Ball State okay. up in uh, Gallatin. Uh, then when I moved to Chattanooga, I went to UT Chattanooga. Uh, tried to learn as much as I could. Yeah. Uh, I did some online courses, things like that. Um, but uh, uh, I got a general knowledge back when I was – you know, spraying everything yeah. my own as an assistant and then on my own as as the superintendent because I was only assistant for a year. Yeah. And uh, then I was pretty much the head man, yeah. uh, changing greens from Bermuda to Bent with, in a very unconventional manner and <laughs> something people didn't do back then. Sure. Um, so I've, I've seen a lot, I've done a lot, had um, hydraulic irrigation, had electric irrigation, yeah. and... Uh, put in bunkers uh, I've pretty much done everything not some of the newer stuff that like Billy Bunker and things right. like that now but uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've done pretty much everything yeah did you ever pursue your certification as a superintendent for the GCSA or anything? yeah I had I've, I've been a member of the GCSA yeah. I didn't try to go for the you know, certification sure. but I was class A for sure I was yeah. a superintendent for 12 years yeah. and then uh, once I became Lesco I kind of didn't pursue that and let yeah. it go but uh been thinking about picking it back up actually yeah you should i mean yeah that's a good thing to have i mean they do a, i agree you know and, and for someone who's got the the experience and knowledge that you've got i mean you you are almost a consultant in a lot of ways i mean yeah, i, I mean i would so. consider yourself one as opposed to maybe a salesperson because I, I certainly it's been eye-opening to me that you've got that i mean shame on me for not knowing all that but i mean here we are we we don't know everything about everybody but I mean that's that's cool that you've done all that and you've been around and and uh, it's kind of a small world because I spent a lot of time at Hunters Point back well, in that's the cool. back in the nineties. Yeah, I, I graduated from Oakland in ninety two, so from probably yeah I was eighty late eighties to nineties. We played there at least a couple times a year. Well, I was probably the superintendent when you were playing there. Yeah. Well, I I hope I didn't do anything to hurt you, golf course. <laughs> I sure didn't. I sure didn't play all that well. I, I had a couple of good years there at the end, but I enjoyed going down there. So. I still have fond memories of that place. It was yeah. it was a fun place to play. It was yeah. a fun place to work. I worked, God, a lot of hours then because you know when you work for the family, it was sure. You know, you mow greens at five o'clock, and when you're you done mowing, uh, yeah, you you go and work in the pro shop, yeah. and then we got to park all the carts, and we got to you know do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was sun up to sundown for mm -hmm. many many years. I, I don't tell a lot of people this, and I've probably shared it with a few, but I, I have – I may be crazy, but I do I do have a dream of still owning a golf course. Here's the thing, though. I want to design it mm -hmm. and build it and own it and run it. I, I mean, I kind of want to – I think you could do it. I want to do all – I just – I don't know if I've missed my window. Um, I, you know, golf is a tough business to get into, it but is. I'm not really looking to, like, do it and make a bazillion dollars. I want to, I just have a vision of how I think things should run and want to be. And, 
and um, being a part of you know golf has been a my entire life. I think it'd be cool to mm-hmm. you know just a little nine hole golf course, nothing right, nothing right. nothing like a championship eighteen hole golf course, but just something where people can come and enjoy it and play and and uh, you know and get some uh, satisfaction for me knowing that I got to design something and build it and have people play it. Yeah, you, know, you have some honor about it for yeah. sure. I mean that's. You know, I'm not getting any younger, but that's something I'd love to do down the road. Mm. Never, never too late, I guess. No, never, <laughs> never. But um, you know, as a as a as someone who's been in the golf business forever, um, I've I've gotten to see and do a lot of you know a lot of fun things and enjoyed. Um, you know, I think my time as a superintendent's probably passed, but this uh, doing this podcast and doing all these things and getting this information out's been exciting to do and you know and share stories with people like yourself that i've known for a long time but just uh deciding to sit down and have a good conversation has been fun you know yeah, and enjoyable absolutely. and um you know i don't know it's uh what what have you seen lately that uh, you're excited about in the in our industry Ooh, that's a toughie um what i've seen in probably the last four or five years is things becoming more specialized yeah you know, we used to have MSMA, you know, which is still available in the golf market, but, you know, it was kind of the go-to for weed control. Yeah. You know, everybody sprayed MSMA, but yeah. you can't use it in the turf, in, uh, the lawn care industry anymore. Uh, it's kind of regulated on some certain things with golf. Uh, you can only, you know, spray so much of it. Sure. Do the label, and the label's the law. But uh, I see more chemicals becoming specialized. You know, one chemical for one weed or one chemical for one insecticide. Yeah. You know, is the same way it's... Uh, you know, one insecticide for one bug. Um, I think it's becoming more specialized, and I think it's because, um, you know, we don't want to just throw out something that kills 25 different things. You know, you right. want to go after the pest that that particular place has, take care of that pest, and go on. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's always troubling for me because, um, you know, it seems like they're trying to make things harder on us in, in a lot of ways. I know that uh, restrictions become more um, important as we as we figure out about the environment and what's mm-hmm. going on, and these products are relatively safe and and but they become more expensive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of issues with that because budgets aren't getting any. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, golf course budgets have gone down. They they don't really absolutely. I mean, we're in a great period of time right now, where I know a lot of guys are feeling the you know the luxuries of having their memberships full and, and growing, but that, that does, we know that doesn't sustain itself. That's exactly And right. we're going to be faced with all these expensive products <laughs> and, you know, you can't afford to use it or you, or you suffer. So it's a little disheartening that, uh, that we're headed that direction, but I guess that's just the way it goes. Yeah. I think that's the way it goes. Uh, you know, the things that are cheap, yeah. um, you know, even though they work, maybe it's not the best thing for the environment and, yeah. uh, the major, manufacturers come out with something that's yeah. better for the environment and because of the cost of developing those products it, yeah. it, you know it's going to cost a little bit more yeah i learned something uh you know i was talking to dr horvath that i didn't really think about and I, i'd love to get your thoughts on it and follow up on a little bit more because i didn't really have time to talk to him about it but it's like generics versus branded stuff mm-hmm. um he mentioned something that that i thought about and i listened to again over again was about you know those products work, non or post patent products, generics I call them, but they're you know post patents or whatever, and they they work. I've never had an issue with them, but he when he said something about how they're they may be the way the process they're made, um, they may ha- they may have 
with cheaper products. They may not they may not treat your sprayers right. There may be issues along down the road that up front you never even notice. But yes. in the, on the back end, you're replacing nozzles. You're you got sprayer parts that are wearing out. Yep. You got you know some residual effect in the soil. So, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you, you think about that at all? Or? I, I do. I, I've come across some of those products. Yeah. I'm not going to mention them, but yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's usually the inert ingredient in yeah. products where it says you know inert ingredients, you know, 25 percent or 40 percent or whatever yep. it is. Um, that's where the products are different. Uh, the major manufacturers are going to use, you know, very high grade product where. Yeah. You can get a like product, and it's made, by, you know, in a different country and by a different manufacturer, and it might be the same thing, but the, you know, A grade versus a C grade is a big difference. Yeah, it might it might dissolve, but it might dissolve in thirty minutes versus two minutes yeah. or maybe an hour. Yeah, and sometimes when guys throw things in the tank and hey, I got to get it done in twenty minutes, you know, they didn't wait an hour for something to dissolve. Sure, and it might be hard on the pumps. It might be hard on the seals. Uh, uh, it might react differently to different pHs in the water. Uh, I think that's some of the biggest problems with that's a big glyphosate. Point. Yeah, uh, you know everybody's got a glyphosate now. They're all forty-one percent glyphosate, but the salt indexes of those products are different. The yeah. uh, the way they manufacture them are different, but it's all the same product, yeah. supposedly. But yeah. they all work differently. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you may you may speak more to this, but you know. There's there's major corporations that are selling their active ingredients to these uh, post patent product. I mean, and then they're just formulated however they want to bottle it and sell it, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's where the that's where I think the problem lies is we're not dealing or understanding that process. And that's where he when he said that about that, I was like, I never really gave that much thought. I always just thought, well, they got to work. I mean, they wouldn't sell them if they didn't work. Right. I yep. didn't think about the long-term effects. Maybe that's just me being naive or not really understanding it. But as I do these and then get to talk to more people, I start picking up on little things, and I'm going, that makes a, that makes a ton of sense why you yeah. would still stick with brand. I'm actually, I'm actually glad you brought it up because I've always felt like people needed to support the people that are supporting them. Yeah. Uh, the major manufacturers are spending a lot of money to come up with these new technologies, something that – Helps a superintendent or a yeah. lawn care company to take care of a disease or a bug or a, or a weed, yeah. and it's a big expense. Yeah. But if they can find it cheaper online or from another manufacturer, just because it's the same thing doesn't mean it works the same. Yeah. I've always felt like, you know, if a major factor manufacturer is supplying something to help you, I think you should help them back. Yeah, I think that was. Something Dr. Sorokin said, um, I talked to him, was, you know, they're the ones supporting the research. The Absolutely. big major branded companies, they're, they're, they're putting their products out there. They're putting products out there that, you know, they're working on, you know, and, and that's, where, that's where they're doing their homework. Yes. You know, and then you get somebody that once it comes off patent, they gobble up the active yeah, ingredient. Yeah, absolutely. They're not putting in the research work. And right. so you're right to say that. I think that, um, you know, as we know that post-patents are – you know, out there, they're, they're going to continue to be out there. I think it's important to for guys to understand and, and gals that, hey, you know, the branded guys are the ones that are, you know, doing the homework and doing the research, and they're the ones that are looking out for us, and then they're also providing the services and, and supporting the, the industry and doing yeah, all the they're things. They're supporting the, the superintendent's association yeah. and uh, salespeople. Uh, yeah. They're paying for a lot of things, and yeah. those things come from orders from golf course yeah. superintendents and lawn care companies. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to say that the post patent companies aren't 
doing their fair share. I'm sure they are. Yep. But I'm just thinking, I'm just, if you looked at it from a pie chart, so to speak, I bet that the, be my guess that the pie, that the big companies would be, oh, yeah, have, a, a, have a huge portion of it's that. It's a big piece. Yeah. Uh, I'll say probably 10 years ago, post patents or private label things were bigger in the market, but I think it's become a swing the other way. Yeah. Yeah. I think guys have seen that. You know, I've I've tried the cheap stuff. It don't work the same. Yeah, uh, it might work uh, for a particular instance, but it doesn't yeah. work all the time. Yeah. So maybe guys are going back to uh, supplying the major manufacturers' version of that yeah. product, and uh, they're getting better results out of yeah. it. So along the same lines of asking you, what have you seen that you, um, you know, sort of got you excited? What are some of the things that you don't really feel like that you're excited about? You got anything that? Uh, I see kind of a down, maybe maybe golf's on an uptick, yep. but golf overall is maybe still on a downtick. I think kind of think that maybe golf in the future might become more of an elite sport. Yeah. Because let's face it, the average age at a golf course is probably sixty to sixty-five. Yeah, I mean that'd be close for sure. And it it may be years, slightly less. A lot that. of those guys won't be playing golf. Yeah. Uh, so somehow we got to get the younger golfer involved in it. Uh, unfortunately, it does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort to become good yep. uh, and, and to enjoy it. You gotta, you want to be good. Yep. So maybe it takes too much time to do that. Uh, uh, families are becoming more close knit. You yep. know, when I was young, dad wouldn't play golf on the weekend. Yeah, that's just the way it was. And yep. yeah, uh, mom and the kids did their own thing, and dad was at the golf course. But now, dad and mom are taking little Joey or or Susie to travel baseball or softball or soccer you know when it's four hours away and they're spending you know fifteen hundred dollars a weekend just to make sure that they're at travel whatever it is yeah uh, and dad's not at the golf course anymore the younger you know 25 to 35 golfer is a rarity anymore yeah because they're spending time with their family and that's not a bad thing i think it's good to spend people are spending time more time with their family sure and it's not separated so much as it was in you know 70s and 80s but yeah but uh, uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to hurt golf eventually. I think. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree, and I hope that people get that this is not the first time that's come up in any of my podcasts. It's been uh, something that you know golf is very cyclical in that way. But as as everything has changed, I mean, kids are just exposed to so many different things. Like you said, the big thing was his families are now wanting to spend more time together. Dad's not getting to go play golf on the weekend five, six hours and come home. It's now got to involve the whole family. Right. So that's where, you know, golf becomes a family event, and if that's not everything that the family wants to do, then that, that suffers. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I know that we got to – it starts with getting my, – my theory is if you start with getting the moms involved – and then the kids involved kind of follow suit. Absolutely. And because the dad will, if he's in the golf, he's going to play golf, and he'll get his kids involved. But it, the moms and you know that that whole family unit's got to you know follow suit. But um, I, I think I, the the family tees that people have yeah. put out on golf courses, I think that's helped a lot. Yeah. You know, it shortens up the golf course, and you can play a a hard golf course from an upper tee or yeah. a family tee, and it makes golf more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. You know, because some, some guys are not very good. You know, they go out and shoot 120, and they go, man, why would I punish myself coming out here for five hours and I shot 125? <laughs> but uh, if they can play an upper tee and not have so much uh, um, ego yeah. that, you know, I played from the yellow tee or the red tee or the pink tee or whatever it is, sure. and, and have a fun time, 
you know, and maybe hit some better shots. Yep. Maybe they wouldn't give, get so discouraged and they'd play more. Um, I, I actually had a conversation the other day where I heard, where I read online where there was a golf course that was built that had three six holes. So a, a golfer could go play six holes, yep. 12 holes, or 18 holes. So the 18-hole golf course is still there. Yep. But if you want to go play six or 12, which is a shorter time, that's an option. I love that idea. I think I it's fantastic. It. Yep. And I think maybe golf needs to look look at things like that. Yep. Uh, I think that may be the future is having three sets of six holes mm-hmm. where, you know, somebody wants to play a shorter time, they can do that. Yeah. I I love that idea. I think I think that's if it if we're not building golf courses like that or we're building nine hole facility, par three facilities where people can go and take their kids and walk and play and you know, and you know, Top golf's been great, but that's oh, not yeah. where people are going to learn to play golf. I, I You're agree. just going to go there and hang out as a family. I think more people have been exposed to golf by yeah. Top Golf for yeah. sure. I do. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's been a bad thing. No, at no. all. No. I just don't know if I don't know if it's growing the game. I yeah, think it's I, just I agree. a major. It's a it's a great place to go and hang out and have fun as a family. Yeah, have a fun time. You and can hit some bad shots yeah. and hit some good shots. Right. You know, somebody shoots 120 or somebody shoots 65. Yeah, you know, they can have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but if if we're wanting to get uh, clubs to sustain memberships, member retention, do those types of things. They've got to think about short courses. Yes. Uh, getting, uh, you know, because not not every course is going to go out and redesign their golf course, but they got to con- incorporate things into what they're already got in their current facility to grow the game. Yes, I agree. And you know, and pros do a great job of that. I know. I know they're all thinking about this. Not you know, not just coming from two grass guys. That ain't we're not right. going to change the world, but but. You know, if you're at a facility, your you know, golf course is looking at doing something, thinking about the family aspect of it is huge. I know? think so, too. That's why they're putting pools in. They're yeah. improving the restaurant. Yep. You know, whatever. Exercise so. facilities, oh, all that I kind mean, of stuff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all, those are all things that are important to, yep. you know, growing it. So, I, I one of the things that I've always – and I always ask everybody, especially someone like yourself who's kind of seen a bunch is, um, you know, we're in an area where bent grass and Bermuda kind of – they just kind of hang out together on the mm-hmm. green specifically. Uh, we have a bunch. We grow everything here. Not re- anything real well. We just grow it all. But uh, I'm fascinated by the zoysia grass greens, and I'm and I'm I'm interested if you've thought much about it. Had a, any? I didn't until just a few weeks ago. Actually, yeah. uh, I thought it was kind of you know a novel idea. Yeah. Oh man, it's never going to happen because you're more used to a wider blade zoysia like uh, Meyer or something like yeah. that. But seeing some of the stuff at the UT field day earlier this year, yeah. man, I was really impressed. Yeah, uh, it looked like it could really happen. And I've talked to a couple guys here in Nashville that are actually may pursue it. Yeah. I don't know if it'll happen with their membership, but uh, I think it could come. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I I know it will. I know it eventually it will, and especially if a guy's waited. You know, he's got a uh, bent grass greens, and he's kind of waited kind of hem hauled around about whether to change or not change greens are old they're facing a conversion now i believe 100 percent zoysia is a viable option in our mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. Now, i mean you know i think there was a course that over in east tennessee just did it yeah somewhere in knoxville yeah. i'm not sure the I club yeah, i just I, know I, that it's there yeah, yeah for sure i know they they had about an eight or, or i think it was like a 10 or 12 week grow in but um i'd love to get over there and take a look at I it would and too. see but yeah. uh, i and i'm like you the more i spend on them uh, I spent some time in San Antonio um, a couple years ago, and then I saw up at UT Field Days. I mean, I'm like, you know, they're just they look fantastic, and they and they show a lot of promise. I I work with a course here locally, those nine hole uh, par three out at Harper Valley, and um, 
I mean, we got to do it. We got to do a greens conversion. We 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 constantly work on those greens all the time, and and they're just not conducive for bent. The Bermuda's um, not really an option in terms of it's it gets cold out there, and it's a low budget, so you know yeah. covering becomes an option. And not to say that you wouldn't cover zoysia, but I think you get a, a lot more cold tolerance. I know you do, as a matter of fact, and and um, you know just. I think the playability would be fantastic yeah, and new and something different. So I haven't had the opportunity to, to play on yeah. Zorgia Greens. I'd like to I've see I've only putted like. on them, and I can't say that I have so I'd like experience. to see what it, you know, what does it does it receive a shot very well from oh. 100 yards? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think from everything that I understand about it, I think there's um, – Less, less, uh, less than you would think. Is for in terms of maintenance and fertility and some of the inputs that are. Uh, it, it's less than, you know, because misnomer. I thought, you know, and you heard was is that well, if you change over to ultra dwarf, from yes. bent, you're going to be, and it's not really the case. No, it's I mean, actually I, the opposite. I probably, think. Yeah, I would, I, I would never tell anybody to, to have that as a selling point. But, and I'm not saying that Zoysia is that way, but I'm hearing that yes. that could be the case. Yeah, I, I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, very low. F- fungicide rates yeah and that's a big savings for sure and there's and there's quite a bit more you can control bermuda in it mm-hmm. and you can can do you can so herbicide wise you've got some better options yeah i think pre-emerge would be the same way yeah and yeah. i and i just i'm not i'm not i'm not really comfortable pre-emerging my ultra dwarfs i mean i i did play around with it barricade mm-hmm. was what i used some mm-hmm. played around with a little dimension but Man, Ron Star's no good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me I'll just be first hand knowledge of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But um, you know, uh yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm excited about that's what gets me excited. I, I I'm I'm kinda secretly trying to figure out a way to be kind of knowledgeable about that and talking to some different people, Ken Mango and some different people that I've talked to and and uh we just you know, I think it's coming. I think yeah. it's being being the guy that might be a good uh the knowledge of zoysia grass greens in our area is probably something to be, you yeah. know, at least uh, reading up on it. I think it's going to be probably very yeah. soon. Uh, I think it might be going the same way. Because I've been around a long time, I've went from Bermuda greens to bent greens yeah. and all kinds of different bent grass varieties. Yeah. You know, G2, G6, A1, A4, Bent yeah. Cross, Pen Links, Crenshaw. Yeah. Can't even buy Crenshaw seed anymore. Um, there's a lot of guys that have Crenshaw greens out there. Yeah. Um, and I think the ultra dwarfs and you know, you've got several varieties of those champions and all the other ones and, uh, Tiff Eagle. And I think Zoysia is going to be probably the next phase Yeah. and then it might come back to bent grass. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they'll have something that's more heat tolerant, more disease tolerant than Zoysia. And it, you know, <laughs> who knows, but, uh, you know, yeah. 15 years down the road. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Zoysia is probably going to be the next step. You're right. Yeah. It's crazy to think that when I started in Brentwood, 2004, yeah. That we were the only ultra dwarf in Nashville. Yeah. Outside of I think um what's the course down there in um Eagle? Uh Champions Run. Champions, Champions Run. Run. They, yeah. they were yeah. they and, and and I think Craig who was there at the time, they put our the, the champion on at uh at Brentwood. Yeah. That was a year before I got there. Right. But uh now look at it. It's just I know it's, it's crazy. exploded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there was a couple of courses in I think Memphis, but uh now it's you know, I don't. I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I would say that it's probably seventy-five, twenty-five. It is now for yeah, sure. I would yeah. say maybe even eighty, twenty. Yeah. So maybe Zoysia's got a chance. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. There's a golf course in town. Looking at it, I can tell yeah. you that. I don't want to say who it is because it might not happen. But yeah. But yeah, I know. I've talked to somebody 
pretty in depth that yeah, I think yeah. they might go that way. Instead of going ultra dwarf, yeah, they'll go Zoysia. That's exciting. Yeah, be cool. Yeah, be cool to watch for sure. Yeah, we'll have to talk offline about. Yeah, that we'll one. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, we don't want to ruin nobody's secret. Out there. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I even heard uh, doc, uh, I was talking to Doctor Strock, and he said that, uh, and I I can't remember. I'll have to go back and listen to it. It's terrible. That I don't remember some of this stuff but they they're doing it now for sports turf zoysia for sports oh, really? turf yep That's i think he said an nfl team's got one i I'm, i said the miami dolphins but that could be wrong hmm. so if they're with the dolphins you don't have zoysia but seems like they would try to put it up maybe a little north yeah where you know they're constantly sodding things yeah. you know up north like green bay and the bears and yeah. things like that but yeah uh, it'd be cool to see yeah so what so as we wrap this up and you know and I don't want to. I know your time is valuable. What did? What do we? What do we need to help guys with these days? What are some of you, you and I have been around a while? Um, what What is something that we can? Because uh, one of the things I like to do with this podcast is sort of tie it to, and it could be anything, life, business, uh, agronomics. Um, what are some of the things that you would tell a guy that that's just now getting started? That you know is either in the sports turf landscape or a golf course that uh, you'd say, hey, something they need to do. Or a grass pole dove. Well, I can tell you from experience of talking to some newer guys in the industry that they're afraid to talk to other people in an industry, uh, whether it's because they're afraid they're going to ask the wrong question, they're going to look silly for asking the question, or they don't know what question to ask. Yeah. Um, I think they just need to become friends with somebody and say, hey, I want to pick your brain occasionally. Yep. Um, I'm probably not going to call you every week, but if I could call you every other week and pick your brain, hey, what are you guys doing? Why am I not doing it? Or how come we're doing this and you guys are not doing it? Yeah. Um, I think equipment's a big thing that way. Uh, I had a call today. Golf course uh, air fire broke down. I wanted to know who I thought he could borrow for one from. And I told him a couple of guys that I thought were nice enough to maybe let them uh, borrow some equipment, you know, for a day to get them through a, a pinch. Um you know, some of the bigger clubs can't do that because their their equipment's, you know, uh, more valuable maybe to the club because they're using a lot or, yeah. or maybe the club doesn't want them leaning, loaning those things out because, hey, we got a big expense. We're not giving it to somebody else. Yeah. But there's some other guys in the industry that are willing to help because somebody else helped them. Sure. Uh, I, th I think that's a big thing for sure. Yeah. Somehow we got to convince those guys to – uh, lean on one another somehow. Yeah. I'm not sure how to do it yet, but I, I, I try to preach it for sure. Hey, call yeah. somebody down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, he's done that. Uh, pick his brain. He's yeah. willing to help you for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk about it, but this is something maybe I'll talk about because I've got some thoughts about that, mm -hmm. it, and, and I'll share it with you when, we're, when we, you know, one day or later on. But, I'm, you know, I agree with you, I, and that's, that's what I want to encourage guys who listen to this podcast who think they don't have anything to offer or that they or they're scared to talk to me or to anybody else is like, hey, I'll talk to you. You can come on here, we can share your story. Yeah. You can this is a great place. It's safe. It's it's fun to just kind of have a conversation with me, get to know you know, I've gotten to know guys I've had never even talked to before or wouldn't have a chance to talk right. to. And then guys I get to like yourself who I've known for a long time just haven't really known known them you know gotten to know more about you so it'll change our relationship and the things that we that uh we know about each other but and, and i know this is more about you than me but at the, at the end of the day i'm like i want guys to to feel comfortable in this business that they need to reach out to guys and not just you know at the at, 
that it's you don't have to do it alone. That there there are guys in this industry that are willing to help, whether it be an agronomic question, a business question, anything. We're not right. we, we don't hold secrets. I mean, there are certain things that you know may be varied from di- from one place to another. Like you said, you know, maybe somebody won't be a, able to lend equipment out, or they don't feel comfortable doing that, or they've got to go through too many, you know, checks Higher and ba- you know, exactly. you know. Yeah. Uh, but but there are a lot of guys who are willing to do that and there are a lot of guys and gals i keep saying guys there's a lot of women in our industry but but you know just willing to help and I, w- I will say this the guys that do talk to one another yeah they're they're more successful people in the area yeah for sure yeah and you know and and back to what you said earlier about getting involved i know you're heavily involved in our local area chapters you know Speak a little bit about how, you know, getting involved with Tennessee Turf Grass, the Superintendents Association, the Middle Tennessee East, West. We, you know, we have three different uh, sections here in Tennessee, mm-hmm. but that's important. Absolutely. That those guys, you know, they need to get involved in that. Absolutely. There's, uh, I think, those meetings that we have, and they're, yep. you know, once a month, probably not even once a month, they're really quarterly maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more than yep. that, four to six meetings a year. Yep. I think those are very important for camaraderie. Yep. You know, getting a chance to talk to somebody that's, you know, 100 miles away. Yeah. Uh, I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be in East Tennessee, Chattanooga, and, and dealing with the guys in Knoxville. And uh, I know some of those guys, and I've got a few relationships I've had for 25-plus years. And, yeah. And uh, Middle Tennessee, I've, I know most everybody in the area. Uh, there's probably a couple guys I don't know just because we haven't had the opportunity to sit down and talk. And yeah. they're, they're dealing with a another supplier which i i completely respect sure um but uh i think it's important for sure yeah uh but we need to somehow get those guys more involved because maybe guys can't come to every meeting but i think they need to try to get to one or two just for that fact because they're like you say they have something to offer to somebody else and that's what kind of our job needs to be is uh, taking our knowledge and passing it on to somebody else yeah i mean definitely i encourage guys to to get to the to the meetings to mm-hmm. just just if it's just to meet people right you know sit there have lunch maybe if you don't play golf you can go riding around or, or see somebody's golf course or talk to them i mean the guys who are hosting the uh the you know the the, the meetings typically are you know great to individuals to talk to absolutely uh, you know they open their course up because they want to they want to invite other superintendents or sports turf or whoever uh to to come check it out and um, you know, it's it's always been sad to me. I've been on the board. I've been a president. You know, it, it, the participation is never it's never really changed much. It, right. You know, sometimes it's a little higher, or lower, but it's always been something where I thought we could be better at, and you know, just keep encouraging people to go. I mean, yeah, I, I've do. tried to do that. Yeah. I, actually, I, I do that with the fundraiser. I, I instead of you know inviting my buddies or. Yeah. Or uh, uh, a big customer as a as a thank you, hey, come join me at the fundraiser. I kind of take somebody that's not involved in the association or somebody that can't afford to be at the association. Yeah. And I have a I uh, try to get those guys to come with me at the fundraiser every year. Yeah. Guys that can't come to the meetings, guys that can't afford the membership, can't yeah. you know take the time out to be at the fundraiser. You know, a hundred twenty five dollar fee is a big fee. So sure. site one, hey. I'll pay it for it. I'll pay you to come play with me, and and I, I try to pay those guys back for that reason. Yeah, well, that's good. I I think that's important. The fundraiser is a great time. No, oh, absolutely. And it's uh, I fun. got invited this year, so I'm I'm gonna cool. enjoy being out there. And it's been a while since I played at it. So. You're you're a good player, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we played we played the other day. I had a great time. And, yeah, it was and fun. Dan's place was 
Man, oh, it was phenomenal. nice. Yeah. Slick. Wow, those greens were nice. Yeah, Dan, slow them greens down, he's, man. Yeah, absolutely. I three-putted way too many times. <laughs> but he's done a good job there. Yeah. Really good. Fantastic job. There's a lot of guys that are in our area. I mean, we got we got fantastic talent around. And, absolutely. And, you know, and and um, I'm excited. for I, I'm excited. I keep talking about the Troubadour a lot. Have you been out there? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've been involved over there pretty heavily, actually. Yeah. Uh, Thurston's doing a good job. Yeah. Mike, Mike over there, that's over there now. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a good job. I'm excited to play the golf course Shoot, when it's playable. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be really cool if we yeah. do it sometime, you know, next year for sure. Maybe yeah. even the fundraiser next year. <laughs> That'd I'm be putting nice. a tweet out there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll drop that little hint. Yes, Johan, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I spent some time working on a project out there at a homeowner residence, and I. And it's been going on for a couple of months. I actually been working there about a year, uh, off and on some things. But I've seen the transition from the old course to where they changed it. Man, I'm just so excited about it. Yes, and, you know, Heck, the, the golf course they tore up was a fantastic golf yeah, course. Absolutely, it was tough. Yeah, I think I, that's why they tore it up. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Man, that's some yeah. of the hardest par fives I ever played. Yeah, I, actually, the first time I played it, uh, I got off number nine, and I thought it was the hardest hole I ever played in my life. Yeah, I saw Thurston at the turn. I said. Dude, number nine's hardest golf course hole I've ever played. Yeah. And he says, wait till you get to 14. I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I never got a chance to play it, but I heard, uh, funny you say number nine, that's the hole, the hole that I've been working on. The, the guy lives right on where the green old green used to be. His yeah, the big white house on yeah. the left of the green there. Yeah. That's a nice yeah. piece of property. We put right the there. synthetic green in the back of his house. Oh, really cool. Yeah. That's pretty and neat. doing some other stuff. So yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, if you're over there, just. I will. We, we've basically redone the whole backyard. So it's, it's, still not done but we got a lot uh but it's fun it's, yeah i'll uh, go down there and look at it next time i'm over there i'm usually there one or two times a week for yeah. sure well it um so what what do you like to do when you're not working and you got family you got um i do uh i, I have a daughter who's uh, actually a lot of the golf guys n knew my daughter from going around with me making sales calls back in the day yeah. but uh, um because at that time i was a single father yeah uh, Trying to raise a single daughter at, you know, 11 years old, it, it was tough. Yeah. Uh, I was real thankful for Lesko for giving me the opportunity to yeah. do that. And that's why I feel very loyal sure. to the company is because they gave me an opportunity and they gave me a job when I needed one or wanted one. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've not seeked another opportunity because of that because I feel like I owe the company because they gave me an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, that's just kind of how I am. That's why I kind of said it earlier about the manufacturers. I think guys need to pay that back. I've, I've just always felt stronger of, you know, buying local or yeah. buying at smaller places. Even though we're a huge company, you know, we're still, you know, a local company. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's been a, a fun job. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do like to play golf. I don't play as much as I used to, especially in my 20s and 30s. Uh, you know, I had probably a four or five handicap at my heyday. Yeah. It's probably around 10 or 11 or 12. I can shoot 75 or 92. Uh, that's <laughs> Join the, the club. And that's the, that's the frustrating part yeah. is, you know, I don't know what day that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've enjoyed boating in the past. Uh, yeah. I got too old for that probably or not as flexible because yeah. I put on 50 pounds. But uh, I've gotten into Jeeps in the last four or five years. I'm on my third Jeep in 25 years of, you know, owning vehicles. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife enjoy do that a lot. And she calls it jeeping when we go to Sonic and get an ice cream cone or something. There but, you go. But uh, that's kind of what I'm into now is jeeps. Well, cool. So you only got the one daughter? Got the one daughter. Yeah. Uh, How's she now? 
Uh, she's thirty three. Oh, actually, she's yeah. old. Yeah, she's older. Yeah. Older count because yeah. I'm an older guy. Yeah. Um, I have a, a three step children, and then we got uh, four grandbabies. Keeping you hopping. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tony, I appreciate you sitting down and talking to me. Believe I appreciate it or not, the we've, opportunity. We've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, we've rattled off a well over an hour. So well, I wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> it's, we, everybody does say yeah. that. It's like yeah. it's been. You know, I say that because. It, I'm still so new to doing this that everybody, I said, once we sit down, you won't believe how fast the time yeah, goes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it goes by fast. Well, I think you make it enjoyable for guys to sit here and chit-chat and talk and just be regular guys and chit-chatting yeah. about life or whatever. So I think it's, I think it's thankful for you, sure. to, you know, to bring it to the industry. Well, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate your support. I know you've reached out to me uh, and, and, and have supported the other podcasts. And I appreciate you listening. I would just say continue to tell people about it, encourage guys to reach out to me that maybe I haven't had a chance to talk to them that want to come on. I'll talk to anybody in any particular area of our field. And I think it might be a good opportunity for you to talk to a new guy. In yeah, area. absolutely. Maybe pick, you know, pick his brain or yep. you know, find out why how we can get those guys involved. Yeah. It might be a good idea. I'd love to. I mean, I, I don't, you know, anybody and everybody that's in our industry because, I mean, that's the, the idea was to have a basically one-on-one -on -one conversations uh, I felt like it was a need. Um, I, I never thought that it would grow like it did and people would listen and enjoy it, but they do. You know, my country accent sometimes annoys the hell out of me. and no, I, I don't <laughs> notice it. <laughs> and and I, I know because everybody – I've had Jimbo and a couple other people say, you're going to have to have subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kick out of some of that. But, uh, you know, it is – hey, we're in the South and that's just the way it goes. But, and you know, we didn't talk about football or anything like that. So no, we, we didn't. We don't get yeah. into that. But, yeah, um, I'd be depressed if we did that. <laughs> But I, I appreciate you. It's been a great friendship, and, I, and it's been great to sit down and uh, talk and get to know you more and uh, learn a lot about you. And and um, thanks for doing this. It means a lot to me and, and your continued support. And, and um, you know, uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. I'd love the opportunity, and I, I appreciate you for having me. Appreciate it. Now, where uh, you're on uh, social media. I want I don't want to give that I am. Uh, no Weeds yep. with a Z. N-O-W-E-E-D-Z is my Twitter handle. No weeds. Uh, yep. So I kind of do more yeah. Twitter than yeah. anything. So, yeah. So reach out to him on Twitter at no weeds uh, with a Z. And uh, you can follow Tony there and um, and uh, tell him you enjoyed hearing him on the podcast. And uh, that's it, man. We're, we're done. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Well, that's it for uh, – you're welcome, man. I appreciate it. Uh, that's it for another episode of Making the Turn podcast. I appreciate you listening. And until next time, I will talk to you soon.